This is a Wild Conversation. Hi, I'm Callum. I'm a keeper at the Greater Vancouver Zoo. And I'm Ashley Wysick, and I'm also a keeper here at the Greater Vancouver Zoo. And today we'll be talking uh, in honour of the uh, Lunar New Year of the Tiger uh, about tigers. And who better to talk about it with than our carnivore keeper? That's me! Yes. (laughs) We have one very beautiful Amur tiger here at the zoo. Her name is Hannah. Although I like to call her Hannah Banana. Lately, <laughs> lately I will. I have completely lost the Hannah. I just call her my banana. I've been really confusing guests. Like, your tiger's name is Banana? No, that's... I'm just crazy. <laughs> Man, what's it like working with such a large carnivore and like, like Hannah? It's so interesting and intimidating and frustrating because sometimes she just... She decides how things are going to go that day. Or sometimes she wakes up in a bad mood and she wants nothing to do with you. And other days you come in and she is so excited to see you. She chuffs and she rubs herself up against the fence to say hi. It's oh my gosh. It's sometimes it feels like I'm in a little bit of a manipulative relationship with this tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I mean, there's not much you can do to um, negotiate with a tiger, right? Oh yeah, if she decides that she's doing something today, if she decides that she's going to go and sit out on her log and she's going to pretend like I don't exist, yep, that's how it goes. And I just got to figure out how to get her over to feed her or come back in a little while. You know, you work to her schedule. Totally get that. She's so funny and she's such a sweetheart. She also really likes men, so I'm at a bit of a disadvantage there. Really? Oh, yeah. No. Loves men. Uh, Every male zookeeper we've ever had has been incredibly successful with her. With women, it's she has her good days and her bad days. Sometimes she likes you. Sometimes she's like, "Mm, sorry, but there's too much estrogen here. I just can't. (laughs) It's interesting because there are some animals that seem to be able to bond better with with women uh, keepers than with men. I found um, when I was volunteering at Mission Wolf, for example, the wolves seem to be better with girls than they did with guys because we give off the wrong body language. We're a bit more aggressive, a bit more um, intimidating, whereas they're more likely to come up to girls, for example, because I think they're a bit more open, a bit more welcoming, that kind of thing. Well, apparently Hannah is the exact opposite because she absolutely <laughs> loves men. <laughs> yeah, she's probably yeah. like, yeah, I get that body language. Nice, nice stance there, bro. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, I respect you. Props. I totally get that. Our tigers are something amazing in the wild. Um, some good news as far as conservation goes. I hear their numbers are actually increasing from the last census. Um, between 2010 and 2020? Yeah, they had this uh, program. I think it was the TX2 program. I mm-hmm. don't know if you heard about that, but it was the they were planning to try and double the tiger populations in all of... Uh, it was the WWF was planning to double the tiger populations in all of their... Um, what is it called? Sanctuaries and nature reserves and stuff like that by 2022 so that's this year they're going to be having their next census in september of this year and then we're going to figure out how well they did i was i remember i was reading the the review they put out in 2020 and they were doing pretty good a lot of their facilities had actually upped their numbers of wild tigers which is super super exciting that is amazing. Yeah. I hear about three quarters of the world's tiger populations reside in India. It, yeah, they do. So, And 
then that's even a big struggle because India has such a huge human population, right? So mm. you have a lot of struggles with humans and tigers having conflicts, right? So it's there's a lot of management, a lot of, oh, I don't know, a lot of finagling, I feel like, when it comes to conserving and preserving tigers, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, it's really hard to... Um, um, deal with an animal that, although it's beautiful and amazing in its ecosystem, it's also so dangerous. Very dangerous. So dangerous. And will take livestock. I mean, uh, yeah, you, and you understand yeah. where the tiger's coming from because it's a large animal with very few survival instincts as far as escaping a predator. And sometimes they come to the edges of the reserves or where tigers are, are, are present and it's an easy meal, but it yeah. also puts them in direct conflict with farmers. Yeah, and that's one of the biggest things. The a huge thing affecting tigers in the wild is poaching, um, is habitat loss, and also is um, basically retaliation from people who are uh, living near tigers, right? Mm. So those livestock are their livelihood. So if someone, if the tiger's coming in and taking it, a lot of times farmers are going to take retaliatory action, and that can put tigers' lives at risk, which is incredibly unfortunate uh so it's a lot of things that you have to try and figure out how to balance you know when you go to preserve them definitely do you know any ways that we could like uh, mediate that kind of conflict oh actually one of the really interesting ones and i can't remember exactly where they did this but there was a few farms that were having issues with people getting mauled by tigers in the fields because their fields were right next to their habitat mm-hmm. and Tigers are ambush predators, so they don't like it when their prey can see them. There's a higher risk that the catch isn't going to go well or that prey animal is going to fight back and possibly injure them. So they like to come at you from behind. So one of the things that these farmers were doing that were having troubles with tigers is they actually put eyes on the back of their heads, like on these big hats. They, oh, yeah? Yeah, they had these big painted eyes on the back, and it actually greatly decreased the amount of... Uh, maulings in that area from tigers because the tiger comes like, oh, he can see me. Dang it. He's more likely going to move on to different prey. Sounds like something teachers should try in class. Put eyes on the back here. I can always see you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. I, I've also heard, not for tigers, but I've heard this for snow leopards, that um, sometimes what uh, uh, certain conservation groups will do is they will offer free vaccinations for their livestock. They did the numbers and they found out that farmers would actually lose more um, uh, livestock to diseases than to leopards taking their, their, their animals. So what they did is they provided these free vaccinations for their uh, livestock, allowing them to have more um, output from their farms than they would normally get. So even with these leopards um, occasionally taking livestock, they would still have um, have a, a better profit from their farms. Yeah, and that's super interesting. And that's one of the things uh, that some people don't realize. We're starting to realize more and more is that when it comes to animal conservation, you also have to really work on the community near these animals. You can't just come in like, oh, I'm just here to conserve tigers. So that's all I'm thinking about. You got to think about the entire, like the environment, the people, what's going on around here, you know? It's not... It's not very, it's very complicated. 
Definitely, yeah. You need the local people getting uh, good money from tourism and be able to um, uh, support their industries. Um, and support their families. Exactly. Yeah, no, 100%. And tigers are beautiful, beautiful animals, and they're really important to the environment. You know, they uh, huge apex predators are really important to keeping other populations of animals in check and keeping a healthy, biodiverse ecosystem. And we have already lost three of our species of tigers. Really? Yeah. So we currently have six species that are all good, and we have three that have gone extinct. Uh, I think the earliest extinction was, or the most late, latest one was in the 1980s. So, you know, we want to do our best to keep what we have right now. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, we often talk about um, what... Uh, the importance of animals and their ecosystems to uh, maintaining that. What kind of animals would uh, tigers feed on or control the numbers of? Do you know? Ooh, that's a... Well, and that's kind of a complicated one because it kind of depends, mm -hmm. you know, because the tiger, it depends on what tiger you're talking about. So the Amur tiger is, or Siberian tiger is going to be more northern in Russia. And then you've got our... Indo-Chinese tiger or South China. You've got the Malayan tiger and then the Bengal and, am I f and the Sumatran, right? Mm. So each one is going to be uh, mainly going after different prey, mostly large ungulates and basically anything they can get their hands on, cause, as we know, because they'll go after uh, livestock if right. their food goes gets low enough. Right, so. Huh. I, I hear that tigers are only successful in their hunting one in ten times. Yeah, I'd, I'd believe... Okay, well, maybe Hannah's actually pretty regular tiger because, oh my gosh, she is not good at hunting. Oh, really? She is hilarious because every now and then something like a duck or a rabbit will just go into her enclosure. I don't know. That animal just made... A very bad decision and she gets very excited but she does this thing where she's like stalking something and then she'll like stand up straight so that she can <laughs> like make sure she knows where the animals and when she does that she always scares them off and then she'll be like where are you going <laughs> i was i was hunting you like hannah sweetheart that was not good that was not good stalking <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's probably because she didn't have a mother to teach her how to hunt i guess that's uh one of the big, big uh, problems with training animals to be reintroduced or re-released into the wild is that they don't get that education. Yeah, you know? and Hannah's not really uh, eligible, was eligible for that program. Her mother actually dried up of milk when she was very, very young. Mm. And she actually had to be bottle-fed, so she was hand-raised by people. So that's why she is so, like, so into people. Like, some, you find with some big cats, they're kind of like, okay, yeah, you're, you're cool. Hannah loves people. So when you come to the zoo and you come to visit her, she has the best time of her life um, just running with little kids. And she's got a few regulars who come to the zoo all the time, and she knows their voices, and she'll come up and give them a chuff. And, really? Oh, yeah, she's so, so social. And it's because she was basically raised by people. So I see. She's a little bit different. A little bit of a different tiger, but we love her all the same. Hmm. Yeah. It's kind of funny, you know, when you think about, like, hunting success of some animals and you apply that to people. Imagine going to work knowing that in one in ten days that you go to work, you get paid. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know? Ugh. Oh, that would be like an extreme diet right there. You know, you're only allowed yeah, no to kidding. eat one in 10 times that you succeed in getting enough money to buy groceries. Oh my gosh. Oh. Yeah, that wouldn't, that wouldn't do very good on the uh, self-esteem. <laughs> I, uh, I remember hearing that, um, talking to, uh, when you were talking to Rita, our, uh, our animal care manager, um, that, um, assistant manager, assistant manager, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's that, um, she, that you guys sometimes do a bit of, um, uh, what's the word when you don't feed for a certain day. Oh, we do. Yeah. We do one fasting day. Fasting day. Yeah. So for all of our carnivores, they do have a fasting day, uh, for most big cats when in the wild, like you're saying, a lot of times they're not successful in a hunt. Uh, and sometimes they'll go a week or two without getting food. And some big cats like lions can eat up to 60 kilograms of meat in one sitting. They will absolutely gorge themselves. Like they will just stuff it in there. (laughs) So at the zoo, it's really important for them to have a break on their digestive system. But what we do is we basically take that amount that they would be eating in a gorge sitting and we spread it out over six days so they're getting fed quite a bit but not too too much and then they do have one break day which gives their digestive system a little bit of rest basically so restart for the next day for the week that's pretty cool i wonder who first came up with like that idea like we need to not only um try and encourage their natural behaviors but try and simulate their natural intake of food you know yeah it's really interesting because uh a long, long time ago, the the way they did research for animals in captivity on how to take care of them was observations done in captivity, which is really kind of, I don't know, weird. And I think it was, it was quite a while ago, like 80 years ago, maybe. It's, I'm not entirely sure, but quite a wh- long time ago, um, there were a few researchers who actually decided to go out into the wild to study mm. those animals. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, uh, The Woman Who Loved the, Who Loved Giraffes. I haven't, no. That is one of my favorite movies. It's fantastic. So it's this woman who loves giraffes, and she decides to actually go to Africa and basically, like, drive around in her little punch buggy out in Africa, live mm. off of this little property, and just research giraffes out in the wild. And she started a lot of research and a lot of things for zoos like how we take care of them now originates from her research of them out in the wild because she discovered a lot of things that we didn't know Hmm. which is really cool um also one of our giraffes is in that movie really yeah jenga's in the movie right right at the end it's so cute i did not know that yeah when he was little really so was he like what scene what was the uh well he's one of the first successful artificially inseminated giraffes in the world really yeah and so they talk about that a little bit in the movie which is super super cool that is i totally fangirled when i was watching I was like, oh my god i work <laughs> with that giraffe <laughs> yeah we we don't look for the celebrities we look for the animals who work at certain zoos or institutions and yeah then, oh my god i know that animal i know right? <laughs> he's a celebrity <laughs> i know a celebrity it's very exciting jenga jenga look at me look at me i'm over here oh jenga just looked at me it <laughs> makes kinda. more sense now why he's a little bit of a diva <laughs> yeah, I don't have to bring him in at night every yeah. night. You, you do. Yeah, he's like, I've started a movie. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we're getting off topic from our our tiger. We're on tigers today. 
So, <laughs> yeah, bringing it back to tigers, definitely something we're going to talk about is what kind of um, uh, something that we often don't think about in conservation, not the loss to the ecosystem, but to the loss to human culture or, or um, history when an animal disappears. So, case in point, I just learned this recently. Do you know that um, in China, the tiger is considered the king of the animals? Oh. And it literally has the Chinese symbol or character for king on its forehead. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Imagine like a, a T, right? A capital T. Yeah. And at the bottom, there's also the same part of the T at the top, if you know what I mean. But okay. a bit longer than the, the top part. And then a line through the center. Okay. It looks just like the face, facial stripes that you'll find on a tiger. That's really cool. So they're literally walking around with a symbol that says king. I am king. <laughs> It'd be like doves with the peace symbol on their chest or something. Yeah, right? that's really cool. Um, not only that, um, there was a belief that um, uh, tigers will, um, what's the word, they will protect or scare away the free catastrophes, that being fire, thieves and ghosts. Um, and that um, a white tiger would appear if the emperor was full of virtue or there was world peace. Wow, that's really cool. Right? Yeah. And that a tiger, after 500 years of age, uh, its tail would turn white. After 500 years? It was believed they could live for a millennium back in the day. Oh, dang. Right. That would be that would be an old tiger. Oh yeah, <laughs> that tiger would probably have a better success rate at hunting. Yeah, no kidding. It's had enough at, time to at, practice. At that point, yeah. <laughs> it knows what it's doing. And you know they're the national animal of several countries, like um, I think it's India, Bangladesh, Malaysia, um, and Korea. Even though there are no tigers in Korea, which is sad. Yeah, but they're cool, so... <laughs> Definitely. They used to live there, and who knows, maybe one day in the future. Um, and a really cute side note, do you know how, um, uh, in Korea, how they would start their fairy tales or their stories? No. You know how, like, we say once upon a time? Yeah. Well, they start their stories saying, long ago, when tigers used to smoke. What? Yep. <laughs> when Le they used to smoke? When they used to smoke. It's like saying, back when anything was possible. You know, heck? there's some really good artwork for it. If you go online, it's like tigers with pipes in their mouths because cigarettes didn't exist back in that time. Um, really cool artwork. I, I recommend is, checking it out. Yeah, that is really interesting. I didn't know any of that. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. So like they've influenced our history um, and our, our culture. And um, even in uh, Chinese um, uh, uh, uh mythology they talk about the four cardinal directions mm -hmm. so you've got the um drag uh, the turtle of the north the phoenix in the south the dragon of the east and the white tiger of the west oh that's really cool right well i'm learning a lot of stuff about tigers today <laughs> and i and, take care of them <laughs> yeah and apparently the tiger is associated with autumn so the fact they're doing a census in September on tiger populations, I think is a... In the year of the tiger. Exactly. <laughs> wow, everything's just coming together. A good sign. Yeah. Um, they're also earthly. Uh, earth is supposed to be the element that they recommend. Uh, recommend. They represent. Represent. Mm, okay. um, and you know when you see like a tiger wrestling with a dragon, 
like there's often in tattoos or martial arts, for example. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, it's supposed to be because they represent two different things, like the tiger's strength and power um, and being the king of the animals, where the dragon's like spirituality and intelligence or knowledge. Oh, okay, that's really cool. Well, so, you you really did your homework. I am a nerd, <laughs> total nerd when it comes to like superstitions, mythology about animals or how they connect in certain stories. I will definitely give that a read and just amazing, you know? Yeah, no, that's super cool. I didn't know a lot of those things. That's fun. <laughs> definitely. You should definitely talk to Hannah. Uh, um, actually, you know what? Maybe not. Her ego's already really big. <laughs> yeah. She might not need that kind of a boost. <laughs> well, definitely this set this fall, I'll definitely know it. Hey, Hannah, it's your season and your year, you know? And your year. Oh yeah. Oh, she's she's so special. I'm so happy with her. And it's so fun that it's her it's the year of the tiger, right? So that definitely means that we just have even more excuse to be spoiling her. So Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, and regarding um some of the species, I know there's a bit of um problems with tigers in captivity regarding um crossbreeding between different subspecies. Um do you know why that's so controversial? I actually don't, I'm not really well versed in the uh, breeding aspect of tigers in captivity uh, because here at the zoo, we don't really, at the Great Vancouver Zoo, we haven't really been involved very much with breeding of big cats, at least while I've been here. Mm -hmm. uh, most of our SSP contributions have been more in your area, in Hoofstock, with our Oryx and our Adax and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I'm not actually, I refuse used to say too much because i don't know if i would be right or not <laughs> that, that's a good policy yeah <laughs> but i can like one of the ones that i do know is like like i don't know it gets weird because i know i know a lot about more like the giraffe subspecies and i have seen in certain zoos that they'll crossbreed like reticulates with rothschilds and i know that it does happen because they are they're technically not even that far apart genetically mm. so i'm not sure where the exact specifics of all the controversy is there yeah i understand that it's like um it's difficult that's the reason it's controversial is because historically some subspecies used to overlap and they probably did crossbreed well I, it gets it becomes yeah. more of a problem when you get an animal from way down south like let's say the malaysian tiger which is smaller and crossbreed it with the Siberian tiger way up north, which is much bigger, you know? It, yeah. You probably end up with a cat that can't live in either environment. Yeah, and that's exactly it. They have completely different specifications, even though they are the same species. And it's funny that you bring up the Malayan tiger, because only recently have we found out that that's actually a genetically different subspecies from the Indo... I think it's called the Indo-Chinese hmm. tiger. Yeah, so they only... I think in the last 20 or 30 years figured out that they're actually two different species. They used to think they were just one. So, you know, we even right now don't know entirely 100% what we're doing all the time. We're still discovering a lot of stuff. That's one of the cool things about working in this industry hmm. is I feel like things are always changing and adapting year to year, you know? The way we run things, the way we do things, the way we understand things, it's constantly changing. It's very Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've got to like the animals are constantly changing and new updates and research and, and animal husbandry always keep us on track. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very exciting. <laughs> 
What always baffles me about the tiger is that it often, I'm sorry to bring this back to mythology and stuff, <laughs> it often stands next to some mythological creatures, right? Yeah. Imagine you didn't know a tiger exists, existed and one day someone said to you, there's this big striped cat with the word char Chinese character of king on its head occupying the wilds of Asia, you know? But unicorns, they're totally not real. There's no such thing as a, as a horse with a horn on its head. You know, that, that it's, it's out there. If you're like a person who's like, oh, I wish or I hope the Loch Ness monster exists or there is a Bigfoot, you know, you have an animal that we have revered that almost looks like something supernatural, you know? Well, and it's just the point that it has been a part of our life for so long that it doesn't seem so weird and out of place for a tiger to be real, right? Right. But I totally, I totally see that. Um, it's just amazing, like, seeing how people react to them. Like, those eyes, like, they're just powerful, you know? Mm -hmm. Humbling when you look at a tiger. Even when Hannah's just doing a Hannah thing. She's not even looking at you intently. It's it's kind of, you know, it oh, she's so gorgeous. Even when she looks ridiculous, she looks gorgeous. <laughs> even if she just woke up and her hair is all over the place and her one cheek is facing up while the other cheek is facing down, she looks magnificent. I wish I could look like that when I just get up in the morning. Mm. You know? <laughs> oh, she's so gorgeous. I'm fangirling a little bit too much now. <laughs> hey, you work with her, so it's good to see a keeper who really loves her animals. I mean, oh, not that there is I a keeper so that doesn't love their animals, but yeah, still. Yeah, I definitely don't think you could do this job if you weren't, like, totally into animals. I think this is the wrong job for you if you're not just like, oh, you're so beautiful, I love you. <laughs> True say. Are you hoping that uh, the Year of the Tiger will bring you anything this year? Mm -hmm. Oh, are you asking me if I made a New Year's resolution? Uh, maybe. Could be a New Year's <laughs> resolution. Maybe something hopeful for the year. Relating to the year of the tiger, I guess. Oh. Element, apparently, is water. Oh, interesting. No, I don't think so. I'm hoping things just continue on as they are and continue to improve, you know? Definitely. Uh, maybe that I managed to enrich Hannah really well. She likes all my new toys I give her, you know? <laughs> I'm hoping that we'll have a, a good year. Um, I've been, I, I mean, I know I, I really respect and enjoy science, um, and that's usually the thing that uh, influences my decision-making, but looking at the uh, mythology and the superstitions of the tiger, I'm hoping that since tigers are supposed to deter, like, the three calamities of fire thieves and... Um, and ghosts that maybe we won't have so many forest fires this year, you know, BC oh. could use it. The fact that the tiger's the west um, is the cardinal direction of the west. I'm hoping that this will be a good year for us in On the uh, west coast, BC in yeah. the west, right? There you go. And yeah. the elements water, maybe we will have a, uh, you know, better year, not so much flooding and whatnot. Now that you say that, if we have a summer that's got like less fires, I'm going to go to Hannah. I'm going to be like, thank you. This is, you've done good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you very much, Hannah. Uh, we'll uh, have, make sure you get an extra gorge before your fasting day this, uh, this month. Oh, yeah. Lots of extra treats all the time. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, yeah, we will be keeping up to date, I guess, on uh, the conservation of tigers, hoping to hear really good news in 2022. And, uh, yep, down in uh, when we get to September, very excited to hear the results. <laughs>
And I definitely recommend that anyone who's coming to the Greater Vancouver Zoo to check out Hannah as they come past. I'm sure she... Hannah gives... Banana. <laughs> yeah, that's the nickname. Yeah, she's so beautiful. And she loves people, so definitely come by and visit her. She loves the attention. Awesome. So if anyone has any questions for us here at the Greater Vancouver Zoo regarding... Um, tigers, their conservation, or maybe what you're hoping for the new year of the tiger, please don't hesitate to contact us at podcast at gvzoo.com. I'm Callum. And I'm Ashley. And this has been A A Wild Wild Conversation. Conversation.